Back in September, Germany's bond market sent the world a very crucial warning. For the first time ever, the 30-year-long boond rate fell below the 10-year, which indicated that the market was hedging against something, something substantial. Now, that was already interesting because the German market isn't supposed to be anything but boring and stable. We're not supposed to see the kinds of inversion we've become all too familiar with in these curves around the rest of the world, whether it be treasuries, euro dollar futures, or whatnot. Germany is supposed to be stable. This curve is supposed to be at least semi-upward sloping. Yet here we had this unprecedented inversion in a key space. And it's only gotten worse since then. While the inversion initially came and went, as it does normally across any number of curves, it came back again with a vengeance, and it then spread. Not only did we have the inversion between the 10-year and the 30-year, now we've got inversion between the 30-year, the 10-year, almost inversions with the 2-year and the 10-year, 30-year and 2-year, all of these weird things that are happening on the German curve, as I said, not supposed to happen in Germany at all. Unprecedented warnings. The last time that we'd seen anything like this, just a modest amount of inversion, was only in a very single instance back in June of 2008. So already our warning flags are gone up. And as of today, the uh, German central bank, Deutsche Bundesbank, says the two years at 205, the five years at 196, so you know, nine basis points less than the two-year, even though the MRO right now is at 2%, which is the ECB's main policy rate. The 10 years at 206 and the 30 years at 198, the curve has just gone completely insane. And then also today, the German government tells us that German producer prices fell by the most on record. Fell by the most on record. The general PPI, the overall PPI for Germany, fell 4.2% month over month, so that's October from September, which is by far the most on record. The previous record was November 2008, and that was only minus 1.7%. So we've got major curve warnings in real time, inversions across Germany, and then here we are in November hearing about how prices fell precipitously in October. What is going on here? Why should you care? We'll answer these questions in just a moment. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. And if you're interested in subscriptions, memberships, exclusive videos, educational material, check out our website at eurodollar.university. In some of those subscriptions, a partnership I have with Stephen Van Meter and Tracy Schuchart at Markets Insider Pro, we're running a pre-Black Friday sale. I always have trouble saying the pre-Black Friday. That's tough to say. Anyway, a pre-Black Friday sale. You can check out all the details either at eurodollar.university if you want to see how that relates to sales on some of our own products, including our deep dive analysis, or go to www.marketsinsiderpro.com for all the details there. Germany. Curve inversion, record decline in producer prices. What are we going, first of all, why should we even care? Germany has its own set of problems, uh, as does Europe. They're dealing with the fallout from the Russian misadventures in the Ukraine, energy markets, geopolitics, a number of things that don't immediately seem to be impactful of as anybody outside of Germany or uh, Europe in general. But yet, as we have seen time and time and time again, 
The German economy in particular is a bellwether for the entire global marketplace. The global economy, global marketplace, everything. Now, yes, Germany is dealing with its own idiosyncratic problems, but there are, they are mixed up in with a lot of macro factors that do apply globally. Now, I'm thinking specifically first about 2018. In 2018, if you recall, early 2018, globally synchronized growth, recovery, the world is going to be great. In fact, everybody said in 2018, the economy was getting overheated to the point that central bankers need to act, needed to act, otherwise inflation was going to get out of control. That was true in the United States. Janet Yellen, uh, she, her last months of her tenure as Federal Reserve uh, Chairman, started to become very hawkish. Then she handed off to Jay Powell, who was ultra hawkish. Meanwhile, in Europe, Mario Draghi, the last year of his tenure, he was becoming more and more hawkish. In fact, he said in January of 2018 that he was absolutely certain that inflation was going to become a problem before too long. Even though there wasn't any evidence that was the case, he was sure and he was going to move central banks, the ECB in particular, toward ending QE and then moving on to rate hikes, certainly by 2019. But we saw even from the very start in 2018, while Yellen was still in, in, in office, while Mario Draghi was talking about how he was sure there was going to be problems with inflation, Germany, we had a plummet in sentiment, uh, especially the ZEW sentiment indicator in Germany, but we also saw noises in the German bond market. Now, it wasn't inversion like we see now, but back then it was tremendous amount of flattening that began in February 2018. It didn't let up for most of the rest of the year. In fact, it didn't let up until you got into the recession in 2019 into COVID. So the German market and then the German economy showed us in 2018 what was in store for the rest of the world, including, by the way, the U.S., because U.S. markets, U.S. dollar markets, would eventually follow along. We got Eurodollar futures inversion in June of 2018 after the German curve had already flattened substantially. And of course, Mario Draghi never got his rate hikes. Neither did Jay Powell. He, he thought like Draghi, they would be continuing to raising rates into 2019. That didn't happen either. Germany told us very, very early on in 2018 what was to come. And for Germany, that actually meant a solid pre-COVID recession by the third quarter, maybe even the second quarter of 2019. You can also go back to 2008. While everybody thought that the 2008 crisis was a U.S. crisis or a U.S. dollar crisis, we saw, again, very early on, German, the German economy in particular, that started to get very weak. And then all of a sudden, in Q2 2008, GDP turned negative, which confirmed that this wasn't a subprime mortgage problem or even a year U.S. real estate problem. There really was a great recession, quote unquote, spreading across the entire world. Here we had not just the U.S. with a, you know, the U.S. was rebounding in the second quarter of 2008, but here we have Germany declining. GDP was negative in the second quarter of 2008, as if the European economy and the German economy in particular fell off a cliff there at the time when not everybody was sure there would even be a recession in the U.S., let alone the rest of the world. The German economy falling into recession was a very key, crucial indication of the seriousness, the gravity, the global reach of what would become the Great Recession, which wasn't really a recession. And at the time, remember, 
policymakers, particularly those in Europe, were convinced that inflation was the biggest problem. Oil prices, electricity, energy, those things were going through the roof at that time. In fact, in July of 2008, the ECB raised rates. July of 2008, the ECB raised rates, even though the German economy had already been in contraction. Now, in fairness to policymakers in Europe, they didn't know that at the time. Obviously, the GDP data hadn't been released to that point. But even so, the markets had told policymakers in the sec during the second quarter, during the quarter when just after Bear Stearns had failed, German curves flattened out dramatically. And in June of 2008, there was that inversion, which suggested mm, something's going on, a very brief inversion that told policymakers, as well as the rest of the world, something serious was going on at the time. Of course, then we found out a couple months later, German GDP goes negative, European GDP goes negative. And then the fall of 2008, when after Lehman, AIG, Wachovia, and everything else happened, it became ultra clear what was really taking place was as serious as these German curve warnings had said ahead of time. Something unusual was taking place. And in that time, it wasn't inflation. It wasn't oil prices. It was economic destruction. It was deflationary monetary conditions. Now, what we saw in terms of Germany's producer prices, to bring this back to the original point of our discussion here, was that German producer prices didn't actually turn negative until once the recession had really deepened. Not, really, not even began. The recession in Germany, if you go by GDP, began in the second quarter. We didn't see German producer prices really start to substantially decline until November of 2008, so long after the worst of it started to hit. And even when you factor in energy prices, for example, you didn't see Germany's PPIX energy start to decline until September. And even then, it was a modest shallow, shallow, uh, shallow drop that didn't really get going until later on in 2000, until, actually, until the really the worst part of the recession began to hit. And same thing for producer prices and the production of consumer goods. Those didn't decline until October, those didn't start to decline until October 2008, which told us a couple things. Number one, it had nothing to do with the ECB's, ECB's rate hike in July of 2008 because everything else was going on at the same time. But number two, the PPI was a reflection of the economy, which was a reflection of the risks that were priced into the markets ahead of time. Now, we don't get a really great sense about timing. We don't get a necessarily a great sense about um, the order in which all of these things take place. But by and large, we can make some reasonable judgments when these things happen. It takes a hell of a lot of demand destruction, recession, contraction, those types of things, before you see producer prices and consumer prices eventually really start to decline in any substantial way, shape, or form. That was also the case in Europe and Germany's 2011-2012 re-recession. Now, there was a recession that showed up in uh, the second half of 2011 that lasted into throughout much of 2012, where the U.S. sort of avoided it, and I think that period is lost in our own American-based consciousness 
the U.S. sort of came very close to recession in 2012. Obviously, the Federal Reserve was afraid about the economic fallout because there was QE3 and QE4 late in 2012. Whereas in Germany, for many of the same reasons, this was not a European sovereign debt crisis. It was another global dollar shortage driven largely by the collateral effects of that sovereign debt crisis. But either way, again, we see Germany's economy at the forefront of what became a global economic contraction, uh, global downturn, however you want to characterize it. But it was a serious, substantial economic setback. And in terms of producer prices, you know, because producer prices never really rebounded from the 2008 low, you didn't see that much of a negative in Germany's PPI or CPI, but you did see some declining prices. But it wasn't until, again, until after the recession really started to hit that you saw producer prices start to come down even a little bit. And on even on a year-over-year -year basis, producer prices in, Germany's never, in Germany, as well as Europe, never really turned negative, but they did slow down. There were some negative months, which suggested that as demand goes weak, producers do have to discount their prices, but only when it happens. It's not, it's not like German producers or any producers around the rest of the world are going to cut prices in advance of economic weakness. They do it in response to what's going on. So we see the curves tell us something. And back then it was German flattening like it had been in 2008. No inversions in 2011 and 2012. But we do have these German bond market warnings that tell us something very important about what's going on in Germany and then eventually what's going on in the rest of the economy. And then finally, once economic weakness becomes substantial enough, then producers, uh, producers readjust their prices, whether that means discounting, whether that means less economic activity or the combination of the two depends on the individual circumstances. But Germany's markets tell us something very important about what's happening, not just for Germany. Which brings us, of course, to 2022. Now, we do have, obviously, a special case here because consumer prices, unlike those previous periods, really did get out of control, if not for economic reasons. Various different reasons, supply shock, geopolitics, all these other things. Germany's producer prices were up a record 45% year over year. But then in October, suddenly a record decline. Again, as I said, more than 4%, which is well more than double. It's almost triple the worst decline in producer prices in German in data that goes back almost 50 years. Now, the, the, the reason producer prices declined in October was because of electricity, especially natural gas prices. Natural gas energy, I think, in the, in the German PPI was down over 10% month over month, which sounds like a, a really good thing. It sounds like this is good. This is, hey, maybe the rate hikes are working. The main reason why producer prices declined so much in October, or at least the main reason we're told that producer prices declined so much in October, was because of warm weather. Because of the warm weather, Europe has been able to build up its gas supplies, regardless of any any that it's been able to obtain in other from other sources outside of the uh, Russian contributions. Um, according to certain data sources, 
Household demand for natural gas in October was exceedingly low. In fact, it was way, way less than the previous year, way, way less than the uh, average of the, of the last couple years when things were more normal. Um, across the EU, the 27 nations, uh, household demand for natural gas fell 34%. In Germany alone, it was 44%. That's year over year, October 21 to October 22. So that the warm and balmy weather is responsible for the, as again, as Germany, much of Europe has been able to build up natural gas supplies, less of a chance that they're going to run out, therefore sharp spikes in energy, especially natural gas. Maybe that the Europe is going to avoid the worst case. Now, while that takes a lot of the headline, it takes a lot of the focus, and it's absolutely true, marginal demand from lack of, uh, lack of household heating is responsible for a lot of the decline in energy prices. There's also another part of this that we seem to be missing, or at least mainstream commentary is missing. And that is the sustained decline in demand for natural gas in particular from European and especially German industry. German industrial use in October was off 39%. In Spain, 29%. In France, 16%. For the EU 27 countries as a whole, industrial demand for natural gas fell 34%. And it's not like a lot of these producers are finding different sources of energy. They're simply cutting back production to save on costs that they can't afford. So you had a major spike in a major decline, reverse spike in demand from households as well as industrial users. So that's a macroeconomic case that is hitting German producers in particular. And so we look at the rest of Germany's producer prices. Yes, energy, energy prices declined 10%. Some of that was due to the warm weather, but a lot of that was due to businesses cutting back. The very kind of thing that you would expect to find in an inverted German yield curve. Now, again, as I said, this is not just about Germany because German, German industry, who are its customers? Its customers, of course, are the uh, local Germans as well as Europeans, European economy obviously struggling, as well as many other places around the world, thinking China, the United States, a lot of export-driven demand from Germany. So when we look at all of these things together, the German yield curve inversion, the unprecedented warning we've seen since September, that's not about warm weather in October and November. That's about industries cutting back on their natural gas and energy use by some substantial rates that we haven't seen since, say, maybe 2008, not even in 2000 or 2020. We're seeing potentially the rollover of the German economy, therefore the global economy that has been predicted by these financial market warnings. And the fact that German producer prices fell 4% month over month when analysts were expecting it to be positive tells you something important about the degree of deterioration that may be embedded in some of these price numbers. Even if we don't see it yet in Germany's producer price X energy, history, patterns, business cycles, recessions, these things tell us that we should expect to see them, especially given these, these inversions and warnings, not too distant future. So Germany is a window into where we are all going as a global economy. 
and Germany's curve, now backed up by the producer price index in October, suggests that yes, something unusual is going on here. And that unusual is not simply normalizing after a period of elevated consumer and producer price pressures. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. As always, thanks for joining me. Thank you again to all our Eurodollar University members, as well as the Markets Insider Pro subscribers. Again, check that out, Black Friday sale, pre-Black Friday sale, marketsinsiderpro.com, as well as the deep dive analysis subscriptions. There's extra savings that you can get on that too, all at the website, eurodollar.university. Until next time, take care.